Good morning. Finish up your conversations or your selfies or whatever else you got going on. Uh, we're starting a new series today. Happy New Year. Thanks, both of you. Uh, we want to help you start the year right because we're starting with a series called Fight. In eighth grade, I got in a fight at school with Jay. He sat behind me and we fought over, anyone want to guess? You were at the first service. It was a pencil. There's about to be a fight. So it was over a pencil, sort of. Jay had politely asked me to stop tapping my pencil on my desk. He sat behind me, turned around, I heard the request, I turned back around, and I did what I do. I gave it even louder taps, which was followed by a tap on my shoulder. So I turned around, and it was like a cartoon of a fist just coming straight in, caught me right there, turned around, caught me right there. So I decided to return fire. I get up, I rear back, and I swing, and I miss. <laughs> it wasn't my fault, though. Coach Dawkins had already grabbed me by the scruff of my collar, had Jay by the scruff of his collar, and had us carrying us out the door. Carried us down to Mr., excuse me, Vice Principal Noteware's office. Uh, lots of nickname possibilities with that assistant principal. We, we, no, Mr. Noteware, we, we were sitting outside his office, on the bench, Jay looked over me and said five words. This fight is not over. And I said, agreed. <laughs> I didn't connect my shot. I needed my shot. Well, some schools you go, meet me at the bike racks after school. Our school, it was behind the tennis courts. So we decided we would, after school, meet behind the tennis courts and finish the fight. As the day went on, Moments of clarity came to both of our minds. We thought about it. We saw each other a couple more times throughout the day. And at one point, passing in the hall with about an hour left in the day, we looked at each other, and Jay actually, I think, is the one that said it. This isn't worth the fight. This isn't worth it. Agreed. And that was it. The great fight of eighth grade came to an end. No rematch, no pay-per-view, no bike racks after school. And I'm amazed that my eighth grade self had more clarity about what was worth fighting for and what wasn't worth fighting for in that moment than my 48-year-old self. There are things in my life that I should be fighting for and I'm not. And there are things in my life that I'm fighting for that I shouldn't be. What I want for me and what I want for you is clarity. What is worth fighting for? I think clarity has got to be the first step because for most of us, we're good at fighting. We'll fight. We just don't fight for the right things or we don't fight in the right way. But make no mistake, I think a fight is required. One of the problems is we view the world the wrong way. We view the world as a playground and really it's a battleground. In fact, life is a battleground, not a playground. The Bible describes it that way. And what it says is what we need to do is fight. 
But not fight with each other, fight for each other and fight the right kind of battles in the right way. That is what's required in anything. Make no mistake about it. If you're going to fight for what matters, it will at some point require a fight. So as we approach a new year, we're in it, a week into it. It's 2018. What I want you to do in 2018 is pick a fight. But first, you've got to pick your fight. What is it that's worth fighting for this year that you need to fight for? The Bible uses the term fight a lot. And not like, thou shalt not fight. It actually says, there's some things you need to fight for. It uses the word in both Hebrew and Greek 114 times in 111 different verses. And one of the people that uses that is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a fighter. And he used that term a lot. He made that challenge a lot. And there was a guy he was mentoring, he was training, he was discipling, he was investing in and coaching. His name was Timothy, and he wrote him a letter. It's in the New Testament. It's the book of Timothy. First Timothy, he writes him this letter. And Timothy is a leader, and he's in over his head. And Paul tells him to fight. This is what he says in 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. Paul says this, Timothy, my son, he wasn't his son. He just really cared about him. He was his son in the faith. Paul invested a lot in Timothy. He said, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. He said, Timothy, I care about you. And do you remember what God's done for you? And do you remember what God has said about who you are? Who he created you to be and who he called you to be? And how we all saw it in you? You're going to have to fight for that. You're going to have to fight the battle well and you're going to have to do that by recalling who God created you to be and what he created you to do. Your identity matters. And one of the things you're going to have to fight for in this world is a true identity of who God really created you to be and called you to be. The world will tell you things about who you are. You will tell yourself things about who you are. Trust your creator and trust your savior. Recall those things so you can fight the battle well. And some of us are losing the battle on the front end because we forget who God created us to be, called us to be, and saved us to be. At the end of this letter, as he's telling him to fight well, he writes to Timothy these words in 1 Timothy 6. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He says, Timothy, I want you to hear this. I'm wrapping up my letter. I want you to hear this. Fight the good fight of the faith. Your greatest resource for the fight in life is going to be your faith. So much so that that should be the first fight you fight, is fighting for your faith. Your faith is your greatest asset, not just in fighting the good fight, but really in living life, period. Your faith is the greatest resource you have. And if you want to fight for your faith, it is necessary because it requires faith to fight well. You need to fight for your faith because it requires faith to fight well in anything. So fight for your faith. And he gives us a key of how to do that in just the verse just prior to that. 
So if Timothy were reading it, he, would, he might back up and look at this thing. I want you to back up and look at it because there is a key in one of the reasons you've tried to leave something and it hasn't gone well, or you've tried to pursue something and you never quite got there in your fight for your faith, or you're just fighting the good fight. He, he tells us a key. Verse 11, he says this, but you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And yes, you can fight and have gentleness. You wouldn't know it from social media or politics or our world, but you can fight with gentleness and godliness and love. But he says something here. He goes, there are some things you need to flee. Actually, the things he was talking to Timothy about was the love of money. He said, be careful about this. Money can capture your heart. The thing about possessions is we, we have these possessions, but they end up possessing us. That's why I love that we offer Financial Peace University. Money, finances, and faith absolutely intersect. Finances is a huge source of frustration and fights in our lives, but it is a huge opportunity to grow your faith. And he's talking to Timothy about be careful about falling in love with money. Don't follow the financial dream. Don't follow your heart. Again, some of you have heard me say this before. Worst advice ever, follow your heart. Don't do that. The heart is deceitful above all things. It will trick you. Well, the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, but the heart's an idiot. Don't follow it. Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. He created you. And he's trying to put your heart and a new heart in you and put your heart back together. Follow him. And he doesn't say money's evil. But when it gets roots, it can take you all kinds of places. Be careful of what gets your attention or your affection. Because it will shape the direction of your life. Be careful. And he says, flee from all of that, of those desires. And pursue these things. Sometimes what we will do is we'll identify what we need to flee. I need to stop this. I need to leave this. I need a new set of relationships. I need a new, I need to leave debt. Whatever it is. But we don't identify what we need to pursue. So we just kind of wander around until we find something that else the heart wants, and we plant there for a while, and then we've got to figure out, how do I flee that? It is essentially you figure out, what does God want you in the fight he has for you this year? What do you need to flee? And what do you need to pursue? Both are necessary. I have some friends who have talked to me about in, in addiction and recovery stuff. They said a lot of times you trade one addiction for another. You you, kind of go, I'm going to quit this, and then you start something else. It's necessary to know what are you running toward? What are you pursuing? And also, what are you leaving? So in your life, in the fight that you have this year, what are some things you know God's calling you to flee from? Identify it. Put a name on it. Put a priority on it and say, I'm leaving this. I'm fleeing this. And identify what will you pursue? Because right after that, Paul tells Timothy, this is how you fight the good fight of the faith. And Timothy took his advice. At least we think he did. And years later, Paul wrote to Timothy again. Timothy was a more seasoned leader. He was a veteran leader. He had experience. And so had Paul. And Paul was now at the end of his life. A lot of people believe that he wrote this second letter to Timothy. And you want to guess what the letter was called? 2 Timothy. He wrote this second letter to Timothy later in his life as he's about to die. And it's believed that not shortly after this, 
that Paul would be taken out from the outskirts of Rome from his prison cell, and he was beheaded by the emperor Nero, not actually by him, but by one of his henchmen, and he gave his life for his faith. And he knew it was coming. He knew that he was probably done. No more travels, no more journeys, maybe even no more letters. And as he reflected on all of his life and the race he had run, he wrote this, these words. I have fought the good fight. Again, he uses the term fight. He saw life as a fight. He saw his faith that he lived out as a fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I doubt this was the first time that Paul said, you know what? I may die any day now. I want to run a good race. I want to fight a good fight. I want to keep my faith. I bet it wasn't in a prison cell at the end of his life when he said that. But it was years earlier. And we know it is because he writes it in different places. Where he said, this is what my life is about. I want to run the race God has for me. I want to fight for my faith. I want to live a life of obedience, of following God. I want to live that kind of life. And then when he gets to the very end, he looks back and he goes, I did that. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And I've kept the faith. If you want to get to the end of your life and say words like that, don't wait till the end of your life. If you want to get to the end of 2018, as you reflect on the previous year, and how did 2018 go? Don't wait until New Year's Eve to say, what kind of race do I want to run? What kind of fight do I want to fight? What kind of life do I want to live? What kind of faith do I want to have? Decide now what kind of faith you will have, what you will fight for, what you'll live for in this new year. Stephen Covey called it beginning with the end in mind. My dad was an architect and designed buildings his whole, his whole career. And the thing about a building that got built, I've seen some of them that my dad designed. They didn't just go up and start, hey, what, what should we do here? You want to put a wall here? Let's put a wall here. And hey, how about a roof here? You want to do a skylight? Like there was a design, there was a blueprint, there was a plan. This week, my son and I took a road trip to Dallas. We knew we were going when we started out. We didn't have all the plans figured out, but we said, hey, we're going to go to Dallas on a trip together. We didn't just start driving around. We had a purpose. We had a plan. If you want this year to be the kind of year where you could look back at the end and say, in 2018, I fought a good fight. I ran the race well. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Decide now and figure out what it looks like each and every day to move me moving that direction. Don't just piece it together as it goes along. Decide in advance. Begin your year with the end in mind. What will you fight for? What will you live for? What victories do you want to see? Because the key to all that in one word is intentionality. Don't be casual about this one life you've been given. Be intentional with your life. Be intentional with your faith. Paul, in a different letter he'd written to a group of people, wrote this in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, therefore, and anytime you see the word therefore, you always want to ask what it's there for. And we're going to ask that in two weeks and go back to this passage. But this, there's something here I want you to see. He says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air. Some of us are running aimlessly. Some of us are fighting and we're swinging at things that don't matter. 
And then we wonder why we're tired. And we wonder why we're frustrated. And we wonder that we get into another year and go, why isn't I'm further along down the journey? Don't fight aimlessly. Fight with purpose and intentionality. And the phrase, really, what we want for you to do is clarity on this issue, to pick your fight and then go pick a fight. What is the fight God wants you to fight? It might be deciding what's the fight he wants you to stop fighting and to say, I'm not going to fight this. I'm not going to fight with them. I'm not going to fight that anymore. But what is it he does want you to fight? Don't be casual. Be intentional about what's important. So in your life, for you specifically, what fight are you fighting as you start the new year? The thing about a new year is, you know, we can have all kinds of plans. We have a calendar. We put things on there. Here's what I want to do. I want to, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. But the thing about life is things show up, right? Life doesn't always schedule itself. We can make plans, be intentional, but there are things that come up that we don't plan for or account for. And when that happens, how we react in that moment makes a huge difference. And if you don't have it decided, this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to run the race. I'm going to fight for my faith. I mean, here's what matters. Those things will distract you. Decide in advance, what will you fight for this year no matter what? So name your fight and then go pick a fight. I mean, actually put a name on it. Have a phrase. Wake up every day and say, God, today I'm fighting for this. I'm fighting for my faith. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for their faith. I'm fighting to move away from this toward this. And then decide who you're going to fight with. Not like who you're going to go pick a fight with, but who's going to be fighting that battle with you. Because the thing about fights is you cannot fight alone. You weren't designed to do that. Only you can really fight your fight, but you can't fight it alone. You need people in your corner. Yesterday, because we're starting fight, I was kind of inspired when I was flipping through the channels and Rocky Three was on. So I turned it on and my kids kind of gathering around and, I said, this is, this is what gets it right about life. Rocky, like Rocky. And I was like, Sean and Gracie, do you understand about Rocky? His best skill is he just keeps getting up. That's what's great about Rocky. I don't want to spoil any innings, but like there's some fights he fights and he doesn't win. I guess it's been long enough. Like Rocky won, he loses. My son was heartbroken the first time we watched Rocky. He goes, does Rocky win? I was like, just watch and see. And at the end, he doesn't win. He's like, Rocky doesn't win? Who writes a movie where he doesn't win? When they're writing a movie about what it looks like to fight and not give up. He keeps getting up. He keeps getting up. But the thing about Rock is he had people in his corner. Like in the boxing ring, he had, he had Mick and he had those other guys, whatever they did, who just said, don't get hit and hit him. Like, I, I don't know what else you say, but they put ice on, they cut him at one point, cut me Mick, and they do that. I mean, they've got all that stuff, but he had people in his corner. And he had people in his life. He had it. Yo, Adrian, he had these people in his corner. You weren't meant to fight alone. So who's fighting with you? Who can you bring in the battle and let them fight with you? Invite some people in your corner and then go pick a fight. And we'll come back to this passage in two weeks because there's some great stuff here about how we train for a fight. And some of us were showing up for a fight and we're just not ready for the battle. So we'll talk about that. What I want you to see in this is there was an intentional choice. I'm not going to fight aimlessly. I'm going to fight with purpose. I'm going to fight on purpose. The Apostle Paul was a fighter. Maybe that's why he ended well. 
Maybe that's the key for you ending this year well or ending your life well. When your story is told and people reflect on what your life was about, they would say they fought the fight well. They kept the faith. They finished the race. The Apostle Paul was a fighter, and you should be too. So pick your fight, and then go pick a fight. And fight for it every day. And for some of us, and I'm in a season like this, like, I'm just tired. Some of us might say, I don't know if I have any fight left in me. It's not so much that it's not worth fighting for. I just don't know if I have that fight left in me. I've got great news for you. Dustin Fuller is a host and an actor in our Trias Club Kids Ministry. So he's up on stage doing stuff and leading kids in worship and programming stuff in there. We have this thing right now, it's a reading plan, I'll say more at the end of the service, about a verse of the day. And we're asking you to share what's your verse that encourages your faith, that helps you run the race well. And he sent his in this week, and I love it because it's perfect for where we are. And it's perfect for you if you're in that season of life where you feel like, I think there's some things that are worth fighting for, I just don't know if I have any fight left in me. It's a verse that's a promise that's mentioned not once, but multiple times to multiple people. And I believe God says it to you too. In Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. He was talking to Moses. Moses had led the people out of Egypt. He's got a million people kind of following on this road trip that he's leading them on, leading them to safety and prosperity. And sure enough, they come right up to the, to the Dead Sea and they're, they're stuck there. Or the Red Sea, they're just They're stuck. So look behind, people want to kill him in front of him, water. So Moses probably looks nervously around, he's like, hey, guys, it's okay. God, this is, I'm in the right spot, right? Like you told me to go this direction. I did exactly what you said, right? And God says, yes. Here's the thing, Moses, the Lord will fight for you. You need to only be still. For some of you, you've done exactly what God asked you to do. You, you've, you're fleeing from what's wrong. You're pursuing what's right. You're following his plan as best you know it. You're saying, God, I'm, I'm following you, not following my heart. I'm following Jesus. I'm, I'm living out your plan. I believe I'm smack dab in the middle of your will. Then you need only be still. Wait. Be still doesn't mean passive. That's running aimlessly. That'll lose the fight every time if you're just passive. Still intentional. It doesn't mean just doing nothing. Flee and pursue and follow Jesus, like center your life on him. But what it means is plant your life smack dab in the middle of God's will for your life, God's plan for your life. And then trust him with the results. And what he says is when you do that, when you put your faith in him, he will fight for you. He thinks you're worth fighting for. We know that because of the promises he makes. We know that because of the promises he keeps. We know that from the track record of how we've lived a life of faith, those of us who have. We know that from the the identity that he says, this is who I've created you to be. We, We know that because he chose to give up heaven to come to earth. We celebrated at Christmas. We know that because he chose the cross to die for our sins so he could offer forgiveness and offer his life to live in us and through us. We know that we're worth it. I hope, I hope you know that. And we know that he's a fighter because death couldn't keep him down. We celebrated Easter, he rose from the dead, meaning he is who he says he is and there's no fight too big that he can't win. Wherever God's called you to be, whatever God's called you to do, 
Be still. Get there. Plant yourself there. Hold your ground. And God has promised to fight for you. But it still requires you to fight. You're an active participant in this. And and here's the promise that I want to make for us as a church. For me as the pastor, for the rest of the staff, Mark, the executive pastor, the elders, the board, small group leaders, for kids ministries, kids, small group leaders, for student ministries, small group leaders in college, small group leaders for adults. For those of us that we say we're part of Team Live Oak, we will fight for you too. We will fight for you. But ultimately, your fight is yours. Only you can make the choices for you. Only you can fight the good fight for your life. We can help. We can be in your corner. We can even get in the muck and the mud with you. But you're going to have to pick a fight. You can't run aimlessly. You can't be casual. And we want this series to help you. So in the upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about this idea, what does it mean to fight? And what are the things that are worth fighting for? And next week, we're going to talk about where some of us are, we feel like we're at a crossroads. Like, every directional look, I'm not sure which way to go, kind of like Moses did. I'm not sure which way to go. And the question we're going to ask next week, have you ever heard of flight, fight or flight, that kind of that instinct we have? It's really fight, flight, or freeze. It's one of three reactions. We either attack something in a good or bad way, we run from something in a good or bad way, or we just get stuck. Well, next week we're going to talk about the question, if you find yourself in a place like, I'm not sure what to do here, we're going to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? Did anybody else just hear a musical riff after that? The clash? Nah, 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 nah. Anyway, so, anyway, that's not going to be on the worship set for next week, but, but that's the question we want to talk about. Like, how do I know? Like, with, with, with challenge, with temptation, with opportunity, like, how do I know which way to go? We're going to talk about that fight. Do I need to fight? Do I need to flight? We're going to talk about it. Then we'll talk about kind of fight training for our spiritual battles. Some of us are showing up to a fight we're just not ready for. Then we're going to talk about fighting with others. Our culture is really good at fighting. We just fight in all the wrong ways. And we're going to talk about how do we fight for each other rather than fighting with each other. Conflict actually can be a good thing if we do it the right way. We're going to talk about how we manage those fights. And then we're going to enter into a series that I think is one of the big fights that we have as a church this next year. I think the two big fights that we have in life is living out what God asked us to do, to love God and to love our neighbor. We're going to talk about what does it look like to fight for our neighbors, to fight for their faith, to fight for their needs. What does it look like to truly love our neighbors? And we have some resources that we want to help you. Like I said, we have this reading plan, this verse of the day. This is a different reading plan for us. Usually we just do a chapter a day. For this one, we're still doing that, but we're focusing on one verse that either somebody on staff, board, elders, small group leaders, and now actually some of you are offering up your verses, and we're having one verse of the day. And we'll look at that verse, and we'll read the verse, then we'll read the whole chapter for context, see if there's anything else that God may have for us, and then come back to that verse and say, what does it look like to to reflect on and live out that verse each day? 
And if you want to fight for your faith, engaging Scripture is a key battle, a key thing to engage with. And then you actually have an opportunity, and I really want you to do this, on the Live Oak app, uh, go to the reading plan icon, and there's a place where you can share your verse. That's a verse that's meaningful for your faith. Now, I'll give you a clue. If it's Philippians 4, anything in that chapter, we've got it covered. We got Philippians 4, 4. We got Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We got Philippians 4, 8. We got Philippians 4, 13. Like, it's all in there. So we're probably not going to come back to Philippians 4. But there's lots of verses in the Bible that have helped our faith, encouraged our faith, that would be meaningful to share with others, to actually teach and encourage one another. Please share your verse. There's a way to do that on the Live Oak app, so please do that. And some other things that can help you in your spiritual battle this year. One, this is going to sound like like it it doesn't fit, but trust me, it is. This thing called a meet and greet. Uh, We want you to be connected. Now, introverts... This is truly a battle for us, right? I'm an introvert. I'll be there. We can kind of huddle up in the corner. Like what we want to hear is there's eight of us going. We're meeting in eight different locations, right? Introverts, the struggle is real. I get it. I'm an introvert. But you can't fight your battles alone. You have got to be known. And you have to know others. So this is a, man, just stick your toes in the pool. Kind of get connected. Meet a few people. It's a smaller environment. Very casual meet and greet. It's Wednesday, January 10th, 6.30 to 8. There's information in your program. And also, if you want to dive a little bit deeper, don't fight your battles alone. Pay attention to the group link opportunity. Community is hard. It's worth fighting for. And community, a lot of times, is chemistry. And sometimes chemistry or life circumstance doesn't work out. Fight for others' faiths. Fight with others for your faith. You've got to be known. Community matters. And then we have a thing at Live Oak called Next Steps. That's a class where it can help you if you're new-ish around here. It can help you figure out what are some next steps to getting connected, to serving, to understanding who the church is. And really, this is a way for us to know you and for a way that we can help fight for you. We want your faith to flourish this next year. This room can help, but this is not the only place it will happen. As a matter of fact, More of your faith will flourish through serving, through giving, through connecting in community, and through living life on a Monday versus just attending here on a Sunday. Next steps will be the next step that you would need to take that would help you figure out a way that we as a church can know you and partner with you and how you can get connected. But here's the thing I want you to know. It's the thing I wish I had had really thought about clearly after Jay said these words, those five words. The fight is not over. There are things in your life right now that you've given up on. The fight is not over. Don't give up. And God did promise to Moses, and I think he promises to you, that he will fight for you. But you've got to let him. You've got to put yourself right next to him and understand that he looks at you and says, I will fight for you. And for some of us, we've kind of said, I don't have the fight left in me, or maybe it's not worth it. There are things in your life that you're saying it's not worth it. It is. He thinks you're worth it and you're worth fighting for and there are battles that need to be fought that you need to pick a fight. But start by asking God for clarity. God, give me the wisdom and clarity to know what fight do I need to pick and then help me to pick a fight. Let's stand for closing prayer. Heavenly Father, some of us are tired. We don't have a lot of fight left in us. 
But if we've given our life to you, you've given your life to us to live your life in us and through us. And so we actually do have fight in us because you are in us fighting through us, fighting for us. And God, some of us, we need your strength. Some of us, we need encouragement. We're discouraged these days. Some of us, we just need clarity. But God, for all of us, I truly believe that this year, whether we know it now or not, there is something that's worth fighting for and it requires us to fight, to not be aimless, or casual, but to be intentional and purposeful and to follow you into that battle. So God, I pray that as a church, we would be faithful to support people in their battles, that we would fight with them and nobody would fight alone. And God, I pray 2018, as we get to the end of this year and we look back, we could say like the Apostle Paul, that we have fought the good fight, we have run the race and we have finished well. God, I pray for clarity so we can pick our fight and go pick a fight. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to talk, I'll be down here at the front. Thank you for being here.